Hello and welcome. Man, doing more Christmas. You want it's Christmas Day for God's sake, isn't it? I've just about had enough of you. What is a Christmas? Oh, Santa Claus! I wish you the very best of everything. It is an occasion for great joy and peace on the planet Earth. If we hurry, we can get back in time for Christmas Eve. Yay! Oh, oh, oh. Uh, happy Christmas. <laughs> Welcome to a special Christmas Day edition of 50 Years of Shit Robots with Matt Brown. Hello. And Stephen Murray. Well, hello. And it's a welcome return to uh, The Last True Sick Boy, Video Nasty, the original cult classic. In the red and green corner, it's... Rory Kyle! Hello. <laughs> how, much, how much Christmas sherry have you had? One for the trifle, two for me. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a, a wrestler announcer, Rory. Oh, we can make that happen. I think in, we could, we could but, do that. I'd do it in, I'd have to do it in that, in the style of that, the, the American man. Buffer? Is that his Buffer. name? Buffer. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you know what? Don't say his punchline. What is this yeah. punchline? It's time. That one. Oh, that let's one. Get, let's get, I like ready. Oh, let's let's get, get ready to. Uh, yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. I'd have, I'd have my own thing, but all right. I like all of I that. I like it because he does a little sharp turn. He turns real sharp when you watch yeah. him. And sometimes he turns so sharply, he scares the person who's fighting. <laughs> he goes like, fighting. They go, gee, oh my God, my heart. <laughs> like... He makes enough money off that catchphrase that he does with his appearances. Amazing. What about Ants and Deck? Did they have to do? They they have to pay for their song "Ready to Rumble." Let's get ready, ready. Let's get ready, ready. Let's get ready to rumble. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Sight. Yeah, that was mentioned in the research that I did for this. It was. <laughs> you did research on <laughs> why have you researched this? this? This spontaneous bit of oh, Chris, Christmas has been dark in the Murray household. <laughs> I did a whole lecture on it. Did you? I did, yes. Okay, so it's not it's... specifically for this improv. No, it was yet. it was a big it was a bit another another sprawling lecture that ran over three weeks, all about branding. Love it, uh, Rory. It's Christmas Day. Happy Christmas. Yeah, happy. Do we happy Christmas? Happy holidays. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. And you've chosen to bin off your family on this Christmas morning. Yeah, uh, who cares? To come no, and right. do this. What is the what's what's what goes on in the Rory Rory Coyle household? Uh, you know, on Christmas <laughs> morning, have you got like set set patterns, set routines? Really, my Christmas starts the night before, where I will watch Gremlins. Good. I'll, I always watch Gremlins on Christmas Eve, and I'll have a takeaway, and I'll take my dog to the beach, and then I'll just fart around all day. I'll eat too much, and then I'll probably fall asleep watching Jurassic Park or Jaws. Is Christmas a big time in the wrestling world? Well, kind of. There's my pet peeve about Christmas and wrestling is shows that are really badly named after Christmas. Puns. Yeah. Like Jingle Brawls. Jingle Brawls. Yeah, good. Um, I did recently appear as Rory Claus or Santa Coyle. Santa Coyle sounds a bit like some some sort of Christmas themed (laughs) 
contraceptive device. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, love. Um, yeah, I came out in a Santa hat. I had my sexy elf with me, Liam Slater. And uh, yeah, we just came up, came out and we gave out candy canes. We dived on a guy dressed as a Christmas present, beat him up. And uh, yeah, then we set up a match for January. And that was it. So Did shall you we... want to talk about a film? <laughs> yeah, shall we Shall we open up our Christmas uh, film present? We said we were going to do the film Christmas Bloody Christmas because it's got a robot in, a robot Santa that goes crazy and starts to kill lots of people. I assumed that it was like a really old film, but actually it's a very new film, isn't it? 2022. It's weird because when you look it up, I think... An old film was called Christmas Bloody Christmas in a couple of territories. So I think they called either Christmas Evil or is it Silent Night Evil Night? Um, I think that in certain territories was once billed as Christmas Bloody Christmas. Uh, and this started as a remake to Silent Night Deadly Night. Yeah, that's this what is... I'd heard as well. That it was, is it Joe Bagos who yeah. was the director? Yeah. Was was um yeah, wanted to do a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is a nineteen eighty four movie, but and so came up with this, but then the people who were giving him the money said, Oh no, it's too too different. So then he sort of like raised the money to do it independently. And it's also it's for anyone who wants to watch it, it is on Shudder. And I think did Shudder put money in for the, to to it? Yeah, it was a Shudder production. Before we keep keep going, just because I know there'll be people listening who haven't uh, seen it. Essentially, there's like um sort of a toy company has has retooled some uh, some robots that the U.S. Defense Department created, um, and turned them into Santas with <laughs> sort of <laughs> hilarious consequences. The uh, the Santa robots malfunction and gets out of this toy store and in this sort of small American town just goes around killing lots of people. The first time I started laughing was when uh, they revealed his name. He's called Robo Santa Plus. The U.S. Defense Department has spent over a trillion dollars on the most cutting-edge robot technology, deployed overseas for swift victory against America's deadliest enemies. And now, Sowell Robotic Products is here to make that technology fun for the entire family. Oh, oh, oh. Introducing Robo Santa Plus for the upcoming holiday season. I mean, I've got to say, I thought the look of this film was really nice. I really yeah. liked it. And I think and that's I, where all the budget definitely went on neon lights and the, the beginning bit. I really liked the the fake ads at the beginning of the film. Yeah. For it sort of, I thought it sets it up quite nicely. But then maybe it doesn't fully deliver on that on that world that it's created. Maybe because it's. It's a weird sort of. It reminded me a bit of the adverts in RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. I'd written of, that down. I think it's got that RoboCop Halloween three feel. Yeah. It's, it's, so the advert. It's like there's an advert for like this sort of like um, fake whiskey that the whole family could enjoy, and <laughs> <laughs> and and the the robot Santa has an advert in there as well. And it's felt like it was it was kind of like setting up this kind of like funny dystopia. But that isn't what is delivered in the final film. No. And I thought the end could have been panned back and every town has had a robo Santa. In well, it that, all mm, yeah, I'd kind of written that down because they it very early on then it has the newsreel 
So I was like, wait a minute, so this has happened in other towns? Sal Robotic Products' new animatronic state-of-the-art Santa Claus, featured at our own TW Bonkers, is now the subject of international recall. There have been reports of some of the Santa units reverting to their old Defense Department firmware. So I had a big yeah. issue with the Santa, by the way. Yeah. I love big robot boot noises. I do love a big robot boot walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks hilarious, by the way. He just looks really sad. He looks like a really sad Santa. Mm. But when he was walking, I was like, oh, this is great. This feels like Robocop. He's got like a weight behind him. But then when it showed you his POV, I thought, he's got no yeah. heads-up display. He's got no... There's nothing there to kind of make me think that I'm in the head of a robot. Yeah. It's just slightly out of focus. It was terrible. <laughs> Why did he get an axe? He's got military training. Yeah. And Why he's, has he just decided to get an axe? Like, laser eyes as well that we don't... Oh, his laser eyes like, are great. Right. Eventually. Yeah, yeah eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I'd say that his the first death I quite enjoyed because it I mean he basically <laughs> he's he's uh, he just cleaves a, a man in two sort of doesn't yeah. he one blow and he basically the axe goes sort of all the way down to his to his belly button he deserved it though because he he didn't buy his his wife a Christmas present on time so that's why yes. he should have died Harsh. it's yeah. a lesson to be learned here don't leave the shop until the last minute <laughs> the person playing. Uh, the Santa is Abraham Ben Ruby, and I thought I thought he did a really good job of it. I liked that. I did like the Santa. He struggles with doors. Yes, he really struggles to open a door, particularly with an axe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't mind him. I think it was he. Uh, he had a bit of that Jason feel about him. Yeah, the music as well felt like it was Halloween. It actually, I... there's some bits in it that was like Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Well, the siege. There's a siege at the police station at the end. That does feel very assault on precinct thirteen, yeah. doesn't it? And the music, very, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. <sighs> so, our heroes are based around a record store, aren't they? Um, the the owner of the record store. What's her name? I've forgotten her name. Tori Tombs. Stephen. Do you know how many uses of profanity there are in this oh, movie? I, I counted about 20 in, in 10 minutes. There's 487. I mean, lot. as an Irish guy, that's impressive. <laughs> they were very sweary. Very sweary I, did, I did a writer note saying it's like a sweary friends. Yeah. I thought it was like a sweary high fidelity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because in the record shop. So, so, they, so they start in the record store. And then there's so there's a whole massive chat between Tori and Robbie, which is all about the fact that she wants to go and have sex with somebody and then he wants to have sex with her. So he sort of like persuades her to not have sex with this other person. And then they go and see their friends. Their friends happen to be in a toy shop. I guess the girl works there, doesn't she? T.W. Bonkers Toy and Candy Emporium. Lovely. What a name. And they they sort of like have a chat. Tori and Robbie leave and let their mates get on with having sex in the in the toy store. Christmas Rudies, Christmas Rudies <laughs> in the toy store, and that's when um, Santa uh, wakes up. <laughs> the robot Santa wakes up, finds an axe, and then like axes everyone in the toy store. Whether two people yeah. in the toy store. Um, I'd say that you know the, the the whole chat at the beginning in the record store, I felt thought was way too. I thought it took too long to get to a death in this film. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of 
that's why I kind of thought is it, it just it felt like someone that loves debating movies and music writing the script going you know what we'll do we'll put more of that in let's put more of that yeah um and really the santa could have just he could have just killed someone <clears throat> he could have so bad the script isn't bad it's just i, yeah. d- I disagree it's i think the script long. is not great i think all of that all of that stuff all of the the debating stuff I thought was a bit, it felt a bit like Tarantino by numbers, a little bit. Yeah. I can trace it back every time. The second they cut their hair, they cut their worst record. Oh, it's just such an absurd claim. Metallica. Yeah? Yeah. They cut their hair, the fuckers release load. Yeah? Soundgarden. Cornell cuts his hair off, opts for the Spencer's gift tips with the frosted spikes, and then the I know that all horror films have this, where it's the, there's there's like a real tension between the hero vanquishing the monster, and then the monster coming back to life. That's sort of like, oh, they haven't quite done it, and then the monster comes back. But this film like takes that to an extraordinary level, doesn't it? Because you have like about four false endings. Um, yeah, you're like, oh, he's gone, Anna. Yeah. He's- He's fine. And so at the end, uh, then when Tor- Tori is left alone to deal with the robot Santa, because the robot Santa has killed everybody seemingly in this town. And the first sort of like death of the robot is where she sort of runs him over and then sets fire to him. But then you're thinking to yourself, well, he's not going to be dead, is he? Because they're going to want to have a, a whole sequence where it's just like the robot skeleton underneath is visible through peeled off skin. You know, that's definitely they're going to want that, that to have happened which then happens. And then she gets a massive sword from her inside her shop, which is like a, a sort of like a Dungeons and Dragons prop and kills her with that. But, and then, but then leaves the sword in him. So she doesn't take the sword out. So you, you know that that's not going to kill him because he's going to then use the sword. And then she tries to set the sprinklers off and make him all wet and fuse him. And that sort of works, but it doesn't work. <laughs> Gives him a chance to then chop her foot off her fingers. Yeah, and it's like, that was really terrible. It's so weird, isn't it? And yeah. I just got a bit bored, I think, at the end, where it was just like, just, just kill, kill him. him. Yeah, just do it. Do what it. What did eventually kill him? She pulled the wires out of the wall <laughs> and short-circuited him That's right. as he was wet, which, by the way, is a health and safety hazard for everyone. And then what I loved was he just blew up. Yeah. But there's a lot of tropes. Like, um, there's a lot of stuff there where I'm like, yeah, clearly you've enjoyed terminator yeah um because like there was he lost an arm he pulled yeah. himself out left his arm behind her losing her fingers is like oh that's a bit like that's a bit kind of evil daddy and then even the final shot of her is very um texas chainsaw what of her laughing on the street yeah like it's it's a little bit texas chainsaw um yeah i sort of felt that having listened to you talk about it Roy, it felt a bit like the the filmmaker wanted to make a film of references rather than their own really great film. It feels a little bit, I thought, I thought it felt like that, but weirdly it looks, it jumps between looking really beautiful and cinematic and looking like a little bit VHS. It was filmed on film. Was it? Was, yeah. Right. Is that why the colors look so good? Yeah. It did have a very kind of codochrome look to it. I don't know what that means. Explain Co- that. Codachrome. Code, there was two film types that came out that uh, if you took any photographs on it, it came with its own little envelope and you sent it off and it got developed. And photographers loved buying it out of date because it would have a gorgeous little colour shift. And Codachrome was one of the ones that gives very, very rich 
gorgeous colours. Mm. Have that Kodachrome kind of look. Yeah, it looked lovely. I thought it looked really uh, nice. They used the neighbour's house yeah. being super well lit as an excuse to be like, you know what, we can pull the neon aesthetic the whole way. Because in the record store, it kind of makes sense on the toy shop on the high street. You can kind of get away with it, neon signs. And they're like, you know what we'll do to light this whole house scene really nicely? We'll just make the neighbours uh, Clark Griswold from National Lampoons. <laughs> and they do actually call, they do actually make a National Lampoons joke. So, so Tori's house was lit by the outdoor lights from the other yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, so real nice. And she had some real, some real nice like neony interior signs as well. Yeah, up the stairs, her, they were lovely. Upper stairs, and I was, yeah. I was like, oh, they've clearly, they've got like, there's like a resurgence now of like this neon, eighties horror weird. aesthetic. Yeah, that's coming through, and it's and it's kind of falls through the soundtracks. We get like these really nice like Carpenter inspired synth soundtracks. Like Mandy did it really well and stuff. Yeah, and it's that that film is very vaporwave. In fact, I think that was the one that brought that trend in again. To explain, very neony, very uh, synthy music. So the synth music's not very eighties. It's very kind of gamey. Sounds like synth music from games. Lots of cars that are just uh, outlined in neon and going off into a distance with a big orange sun and things like that. Okay. It's interesting. There was a couple of nice references to Bob Clark and Bloomhouse as well in there. The like, yeah, they have a little dig at Bloomhouse. They did, didn't they? But what is Bloomhouse? Oh, it's a production company that brought out uh, things like The Purge, uh, Megan, all of those kind of things. It's, they it's become known... like the new juggernaut of horror. Yeah, really. And what was um, the what? What were the? They kind of slagged it off a bit, didn't they? They kind of. He well, said, she was going on about a Bob Clark, the Bob Clark film Black Black Christmas, which is famous for kind of probably being the first real slasher. Um, and then he says, "Oh, is that one of these Bloomhouse films?" Which obviously was kind of a slur. There was that, and then they have the the very it's a very meta scream esque conversation about horror yes. movies in the kitchen where they're trying to make drunk nachos, where she talks about Pet Cemetery too. And the sequel to Blair Witch was better than Blair Witch. So I was like, you know what? Just kill her. Just get her out of here. <laughs> get her out of here. That's sadly, um, she survived. But that was very, very Kevin. Is it Kevin Williamson? Did the Scream um, script? Um, it was very Scream-esque. Self, like, we're in a horror movie. Talking about horror movies. Yeah. Slagging off but, horror movies. Yeah, but that was fine. But I was like, pick a lane. Yeah. Like, you're either a music buff or a movie. Like... I know people, the two are linked together, but I think that was enough. If it had just yeah. been that and not all this crap about Metallica losing their way yeah. when they cut their hair and stuff. In summary then, Rory, you are the the horror movie aficionado. Would you, so this is, what did you sort of like, out of 10, what would you give this? I, you know, I'd give it like, I don't know. It was nice and short as well. It was like 80 some minutes. I think yeah. I'd give it, Maybe a seven. For, for anyone who's listening who wants to go and watch another Christmas horror film, not necessarily with a robot in. Christmas horror movie. I say Black Christmas, the first one, mm-hmm. is excellent. It's still really good. Uh, Gremlins, because I think it's still a bit of a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, Krampus yes. is good. I think Silent Night, Deadly Night, if you want to watch something old and schlocky, that'd be good. 
Rare Exports is really good. Yeah. Um, about a bunch of people that dig up Santa. I recently watched Kronos. It's loosely a Christmas horror movie. It's a lovely um, film, though. You can get away with Thanksgiving as well. There's more out there than you'd think. Rory, thanks so much for eating into your Christmas celebrations and coming and chatting to us about horror films. I love it. Yeah. Never got to think of seasonal yeah. movies. Is there, are, there any East, are there any East horror films? There will. There'll be some crap out there. <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, have a very happy Christmas. Yep. You too. Stephen Murray, have a very happy Christmas. Oh, he doesn't like Christmas, does he? No, but he can have a happy one. I feel like I'm your the the nephew to your Scrooge, sort of <laughs> trying to g you up and. Uncle, you may not like Christmas, but I wish you a good cheer all the same. Yeah, humbug. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, we're going to be back in the new year. We've got a couple. That's right, two uh, Asimov Day podcasts that we're going to be doing at the beginning of 2024 so until then have a very happy christmas goodbye goodbye bye let's get ready ready let's get ready ready let's get ready